What if your desires, your motivations, your actions were all an attempt to answer a single question about yourself? You're going to love today's guest if you are a fan of Strength Finders, Enneagram, Disc Assessments. But today's guest is going to come at it from a completely different perspective. The seven primal questions. The questions that we ask ourselves. Mike Foster is the author of the book, The Seven Primal Questions. The reason I think this is important is this episode is going to help you as a small business owner, as a leader. Each question helps you understand what you want. Also, what it's going to help you do is understand what triggers you because you want something and when somebody is trying to take that from you or keep you from getting it, you get triggered. Because you know what triggers you, it's gonna help you not get derailed. And so in today's episode, we are going to help you understand yourself. And the better you understand yourself, the more freedom you experience, the more peace you experience, the better you can navigate your life. It all stems from you understanding yourself. We're going to talk with Mike Foster, the author of the new book, The Seven Primal Questions. And with that, welcome to the Business Made Simple podcast brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network. Every week, we help you optimize your small business for revenue and profit using our six-step plan. You can create your six-step plan, by the way, at Small Business Flight Plan.com. I'm your host, Donald Miller, author of the book, How to Grow Your Small Business. Hey, this is podcast producer Bobby Richards. And as you heard last week, we just launched Small Business Flight School, the exclusive on-demand video series where Donald Miller walks you step by step and gives you the plan you need to implement to double your revenue. Well, to continue celebrating the launch, we're giving you $275 off with promo code FLIGHTSCHOOL275. Like I said, if you want to implement a plan that doubles your revenue, this is your moment. And I feel you, it is easy to get stuck in the overwhelm and like you're stuck with no way out. But here's the thing, it doesn't have to be that way. It really doesn't. You can join Small Business Flight School at smallbusinessflightschool.com where we can help you implement a plan to streamline your business and double your revenue. And for this week only, the week of Monday, May 8th, 2023, you get $275 off. Just use the promo code FLIGHTSCHOOL275 at smallbusinessflightschool.com. My First Million, hosted by Sam Parr and Sean Purry, is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. My First Million features famous guests like Alex Hormozzi, Sofia Amoroso, and Hassan Minaj, sharing their secrets for how they made, you guessed it, their first million and how to apply their learnings to capitalize on today's business trends and opportunities. In fact, here is a great episode you should check out. The Acquired Podcast Host how they started and grew a multi-million dollar podcast. Sean and Sam are joined by the Acquired Podcast hosts, Ben Gilbert and David Rosenthal, to talk about scaling to a large podcast, the company they would like to own, the CEOs you don't want to compete against, and the 100-plus year history of Nintendo. Listen to My First Million wherever you get your podcasts. Mike, great to see you. Great to be with you. Don, this is a huge pleasure. I always love talking to my buddy, Don. 
It's been a long time. But in full disclosure, Mike is my executive coach, life coach, but let's just be honest, my therapist. <laughs> That's who Mike is. <laughs> I hired you to do business well, I'll coaching. I'll all of those titles. I love it. I, I'll gladly be all of those things. So. <laughs> but Mike and I meet every two weeks and uh, for an hour, and it is the highlight, the highlights of my month. You're also... A, a great author. You've written a, a bunch of books. And The Seven Primal Questions, as I talked about in the introduction, is your latest book. And uh, people's curiosity are kind of peaked right now because they're wondering which question is theirs. Before we get to that, though, yes. how much wondering are you doing sitting around on a city bus about whoever's on this bus? What does it take to get to an idea all these people are asking a question and it's dominating their <laughs> motivations? What, how'd you get there? Well, you know, I've spent uh, the past four years researching. I've spent, I counted up the hours on and 6,000 hours in one-on-one interviews with people. (laughs) I did 22, I think now 23 group labs on on this particular concept. And really, I I always kind of describe myself as a guy who just takes really good notes and tries to pay attention to what people are saying doing the actions and choices that they're making. And so um, what I love about the seven primal questions is it actually isn't rocket science. What I'm presenting here, I think there's complexity to it, but I think my goal is always to bring the complexity and the simplicity and give people just a clear way or a clear framework to understand their inner world, their relationships better. And I think that's what's been so exciting about the book and this this idea is that people get it right away. Like it's, it's yeah. you don't need to spend like 20 hours figuring this thing out. It's like literally in 15 minutes, you're like, oh yes, I understand oh, I that. I wouldn't say 15 minutes. I, I would say as long as it takes you to read the list, which is seven questions, <laughs> because you know, any skeptic is going to get to question two or six or, I mean, for me, it's five. Any question, any skeptic is going to get there and go, oh, uh-oh, <laughs> that's me. That's clearly me. And, you know, I love this. It, it sounds so reductionistic to say there's seven kinds of people or whatever, but it's real. It's less that and more what actually happens when you embrace the idea is you realize people are not wired like you. You realize they're not asking the same questions, nor are you affirming the answer that they want to that question because you're affirming the answer that you want to your own question, and that person's not asking that question. So I think it really helps us connect. I'm proud of you for doing this, man, and for realizing this. It, you know, there's, it takes a level of intelligence and, and you know, however many 60,000 hours to get to the revelations that you've come to. What, okay, so do you use these questions as a tool in your counseling sessions? I mean, if you're sitting there, because you do some marital counseling too. If you're sitting there with a couple, are you saying to yourself, okay, he's asking question four and she's asking question one. They're totally missing each other here. The primal question is the foundation for every client I work with. And the reason why I do that isn't just because I kind of love my own ideas. It's just true. And so it gives me as a counselor a baseline to understand why there's conflict in a relationship or why someone's experiencing anxiety or why somebody's codependent or why somebody's a workaholic. It all fundamentally comes down to this core driver of our primal question. I I always say like the the primal question is the thing underneath the thing that drives everything. Yeah. And so it, I basically can probably attach 95, 97% of all the issues that I see as a counselor to the primal question concept. Hmm. 
Okay, we got to get into it. I think people are tired of us teasing them. Okay, take us through. What are the seven uh, questions? <laughs> yeah, so question number one is, am I safe? Question number two is, am I secure? And I'll come back. I'll unpack these. Question number three is, am I loved? Am I loved? And there's a very big distinction between those two. Question four, am I wanted? Question five, am I successful? Question six, am I good enough? And question seven, do I have a purpose? So those are the seven questions. And typically when I list them out, people are like, sometimes they immediately know the question that's driving their life. Yeah. And, and fundamentally how it works on is we get imprinted with this question in our early childhood, typically in the first five years of our development, where we're just like these human sponges paying attention to all the things that are happening in our family and with our caretakers. And it's basically, you carry this primal question. This question is a question that did not get answered in your early childhood, either in a clear way, or was answered with a no, okay? Wow. So then that question gets taken into your adulthood and you subconsciously ask it. And what happens is when we ask our primal question, for example, my question is, am I safe? That's my primal question. When I ask the question, am I safe in the world or my relationship or my wife or my friends answer it with a yes. And this is like, I'm not, answer, I'm not asking it like with my voice. I'm asking it with kind of lots of different qualifications of am I safe when they make me feel safe, when I feel safe, when I feel protected, when I feel like they have my back, then my life is good. But when I ask my primal question, am I safe to the world or to my wife or friends, and they answer no or maybe, I go into what I describe in the book as the scramble. And when somebody answers our primal question with a no or a maybe, it's like somebody shaking our snow globe. And what we do in the scramble is it's all the dysfunctional, people-pleasing, perfectionism, overperformance, overgiving, overresponsibility, all the overs, all the things that we over-index on to try to force the answer back to a yes. Wow. So it's really our way of taking control of our lives. And really, when you think about all seven, Don, it's really what we're saying is every one of these questions represents your apex emotional need that you have. And here's what we know about human beings. And here's what I know about Don Miller. Here's what I know about Mike Foster. When our highest emotional need is not being met, you know, your primal question is being answered with a no or a maybe, we are not our best selves. We're not bringing our best selves to the world. We're not bringing our best selves to our marriage. We're not bringing our best selves to our businesses. And so meeting that emotional need, understanding that highest emotional need is critical to our success as people and leaders and spouses and friends. So that's why this is so powerful because fundamentally, I'm not going to get the best Don Miller if his primal question is being constantly answered with a no or a maybe. Wow. No, you won't. You'll trigger Don. Exactly. You know, the other, the other side of this, Mike, and you and I are both content creators. As a content creator, one of the things that I'm realizing as we, as we speak is I'm, I'm probably question number five, am I successful? You know, Enneagram three. What I'm realizing is that, you know, when, when you and I first started working together, one of the things that you opened up with in our very first session, I think you mentioned it in the second session too, is, hey, Don, you're safe. You're safe here. This is a safe place mm -hmm. for us to have a conversation. And if I'm honest, the whole time I was going, why wouldn't I be safe? <laughs> yeah, it's just not, but that's uh -huh. your primal question. And you're saying to me, hey, man, exactly. you're safe. And I'm like, great. Yeah, sure. You know, 
I'm realizing that so much of the content that I produce, I'm trying to tell people, no, you're going to be successful. You're going to be successful. And they may not even want that. They may be saying, yeah, but am I safe? <laughs> you know? like, I who cares? You're going to be successful. You're hitting on such an important point in the book, Don, because um, this isn't a book to say, here's what's wrong with you and here's what you have to fix. Really what the purpose of this book is to help you understand what I call your primal gift. And basically, our primal gift is where we take our own primal question and we put it over everybody else and assume they're asking that question. Hmm. And so what the, the biggest mission in my life is to help people feel safe. And I'm really good at it, by the way. People tell me stuff within, tell me their deepest dark secrets after knowing me for three minutes. Now, that's not something that I learned in college or in, you know, counseling training or anything like that. I learned that because it's been the number one thing that I needed in my life. And so I'm a, I have a PhD in safety, just like you have a PhD in success because you've always been attuned to it. And so what, what happens is we have this really great opportunity to understand a supernatural power that we have, safety, Don Miller, success. And now we have this responsibility to deploy that into the world and really use that gift in a powerful way. But we also have to understand, like, I love StoryBrand. Like, I love uh, helping people communicate better. Well, one of the things I tell communicators and marketers is we will have a tendency to communicate our message, our primal question to the world. Mike Foster's message is safety. But we, we do ourselves a disservice if we're not answering all seven questions that people have. We make a huge assumption that they're all asking the same question. Is this why mirroring is so important in building connection with people? And because and, to me, as I'm listening, I'm thinking this is a great tool to help you. You know, when we're talking to somebody, especially somebody we just met, we tend to think most of the time just about ourselves. At least I do. I, I, I have trouble listening really, really well because I'm kind of thinking, OK, they think I'm a dope or it's my breast smell or whatever. You know, instead of really listening super well, I don't like that about myself, but that is the case. And it seems like this gives me a framework to kind of say, I wonder where they're coming from, you know, and then to be able to say, this person wants to be loved or this person wants to discover their purpose or have a purpose or whatever, and be able to kind of mirror them. How do you weigh between what's important to, you know, how important is, you know, your superpower to be able to project and deliver their desire? And if your desire is to be successful, man, you and I are going to go, we're going to get into it right away. We're going to have a blast. Yes. You know, but how, how much of that is me sort of projecting that onto you or me saying, well, no, let me pull back on that and, and let me help first understand what you, what you want. Mm -hmm. Well, what I would say is in order to fundamentally, like this book is about how to do relationship better, right? So whether yeah. it's our spouse tuning into our spouse's primal question or as a leader tuning into our employee's primal question. So let me give you a story about how this works within the business context. So I was working with a CEO of a very large company, and he was needing to critique some of the performance of his CFO. And in these conversations, and in, they, were, they were struggling in a particular area that the CEO wanted to improve. But every time the CEO would talk to the CFO, the CFO got really defensive. He, a lot of walls went up. And it was driving the CEO nuts going like, why? I'm just trying to give some really basic feedback about our finances, about the numbers, but he's getting really defensive about this. 
Well, what we know about the CFO, because I actually work with a CFO too, is that their primal question was question number six, am I good enough? Hmm. And so what I know about that question and what I help the CEO understand is that basically a question six, am I good enough as your primal question, criticism and judgment is your kryptonite. It is your Achilles heel. And so what I help the CEO do and understand, by the way, the CEO's question was, am I secure? They're very far away questions, okay? That's the other thing in terms of the order of questions. The farther your question, the number question is away from the person's question, the more difficult it is going to be for you to get in tune with that particular need that that person has. So am I safe is going to feel very, very different from do I have a purpose? Exactly. Wow. That's interesting. We have a mutual friend on who has a question seven. Do I have purpose? His wife is a question one. Am I safe? And their fundamental conflict in their relationship are those two questions because he's wanting to go change the world and she's wanting to protect <laughs> everything. That makes total sense. Yeah. Don't stick your head out. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Don't do anything dangerous. Don't go, don't fly to Africa. Don't do anything. Right. But back to the CEO, the CEO thing is once he understood his CFO's primal question, he was able to really make sure that he was validating and affirming and encouraging the CFO as a person and their performance and then bringing the criticism and the, the need for improvement. But I always tell leaders this, no one is going to listen to you or follow your vision or buy in fully to your business unless you're a leader who is actively affirming and answering yes to that person's primal question. Because it's fundamentally, it's so fundamental to that person and us as human beings that we can't really go all the way with you unless we know that, well, for me, unless I know that you're a safe person or this CFO, this person needed to know that they were good enough to actually have that job before you can bring the criticism or the area for improvement. Well, not only that, that you know that that's incredible in terms of of leading a team, and for that matter, staying married. There's an aspect to this, as those of us who run small businesses, which is nearly everybody who listens to this podcast, to be able to to say about a product that we're releasing. Is there an aspect of this product that makes people feel safe? Is there one that makes people feel secure? Is this you know is there something here that makes people feel yes. loved and wanted? You know, and you can't not going to hit on all those. But you'd be able to say, hey, well, we, we should actually, this product does this, so let's actually help people understand how in some of our marketing copy. It's interesting. Companies are under a lot of pressure right now, pressure to get more leads, close deals faster, and get better insights to create the best experience for customers. A CRM can help, but not just any CRM, one that is easy to set up, intuitive to use, and customizable to the way you do business. That is where HubSpot comes in. HubSpot CRM is easy for everyone to use on day one and helps teams be more productive. Drag and drop your way to attention-grabbing emails and landing pages. Set up marketing automation to give every contact white glove treatment. Plus, AI-powered tools like Content Assistant mean less time spent on tedious manual tasks and more time for what matters, your customers. HubSpot CRM has all the tools you need to wow prospects, lock in deals, and improve customer service response times. Get started for free today at HubSpot.com. And now, back to the show. All right, we're going to get in trouble unless we dive in. 
question number okay. one: When somebody <laughs> is asking the question, "Am I safe?" What does that feel like, and how are, how are those people interacting with others? This is really um, kind of core, and typically these people have grown up in families where perhaps there was neglect or abuse or violence or something unsafe in the environment in their early childhood. And so they really, this person who has a primal question of am I safe has a need for physical and emotional safety. And their core fear is really feeling trapped or in potential danger. And so they're great risk managers, right? Yeah. They're, they're, they think about all the possibilities of things that could go wrong and they make sure that they're very hypervigilant on things of that nature. And their kryptonite or their Achilles heel with this question would be unpredictability or negative surprises. Hmm. That that will instantly send them into the scramble, and they'll the you're shaking their snow globe if you have unpredictability or negative surprises happening in their life. I'm this person. The worst thing you do for me is throw me a surprise party. Okay, <laughs> that's true. Okay, well, that's I mean, in some ways, that's kind of heartbreaking. You know what I mean? I mean, you know, it seems like the most foundational of all of them. Am I safe? Like, am is somebody going to hurt me? Hmm? We all experience some of this, I'm sure, right? I mean, we all experience yes. gradient levels of every question, I'm sure. Absolutely. Well, all questions. If yes. we're interacting with somebody and we recognize that that's a primal question of theirs, what are some things that we can do to better serve them, better connect with them, and, and I guess make them feel safe? Let me talk about maybe my relationship with my wife, because yeah. this is my question. And I want my wife, and I, I, I don't want my wife to be answering my primal question with a no. So one of the things that's important to me where she can really love me well in my emotional need for safety, which feels kind of embarrassing, by the way, it's like, hey, I'm a grown man. Why do I need safety? Hmm. But this is how powerful this is. It's like, it really isn't a non, it's, it's a non-negotiable. It just needs to happen. I shouldn't be embarrassed about it. I shouldn't be like, feel like this is a weakness of mine. It's just a, a part of me that I've identified that I need to manage but it's also a part of me that is my superpower. So I would tell Jen in our relationship, I need to know passive aggressive communication doesn't work for me. All right. Hmm. If you have bad news, just tell me because I don't want to have to imagine or think or read between the lines that something's wrong. I would much rather you just tell me. So clear communication is a, a real benefit for an MI safe person. Sharing all the details is very helpful to an uh, MI-safe person. Again, no surprises. Something like, I want to plan. I want to know what's happening. I, I don't like the idea of unpredictability. And so we, you know, we're, we're all smart people. We can figure out, okay, if Jeff, who works with me, has an MI-safe question, I don't want to call him up on a Wednesday and say, uh, we've got an emergency. I need to talk to you on Friday. <laughs> horrible phone call for an MI safe person. Right. Would you want to say, hey, Jeff, we've got an emergency. This is the particular areas in marketing. We need to do some things in marketing. You're good. I'm good. The company's good, but we need to fix this. And I'd like to talk about it on Friday. Just that little bit more information has now put Jeff's fears aside. He doesn't have to be wondering or worrying about Friday's meeting that something is horribly wrong here. Right. No mystery. No mystery involved. No mystery. That's and, a great know, way to with, say it. With Betsy and I, that's going to be extremely helpful because uh, we don't have a lot of conflict, but often the conflict that we do have is about me wanting to take a risk. It's, you know, I want to make this investment or I want to do this. 
and it's about me wanting to take a risk. Literally, like every once in a while, Betsy and I will talk about politics. And and Mike, you know, I'm I'm interested someday, probably not to run, but she 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 recently moved from. If you ever run for office, you and your your next wife are going to have a great life together. I really believe in you. She moved from there to <laughs> literally. This is that. This is hundred percent true. You can run for office someday, but if you start to win, you have to back out of the race. <laughs> That's where, that's where, and I consider this a minor victory. I'm like, oh, the chess pieces are moving in my favor uh, because you know you're poking <laughs> you're your head. Out. Progress. <laughs> you're, and I'm like, totally. like, hey, why? I mean, we could change the tax code. We could, you know, we could do all this kind of stuff. And literally, she was like, security, like you could get shot. And I go, I don't care if I get shot. Because that's the yeah. problem. That's the problem. So, I, so now I'm realizing, oh, I just have to explain why this is going to be okay. That's interesting. Well, that's yes. a beautiful discovery. Okay, but I have a question. Am I safe? Feels to me almost mm-hmm. the same as am I secure? Uh, you're saying yes. that there is a, a giant delineation. What's the difference between am I safe and am I secure? Which, by the way, is the second question. Yeah, so am I secure is the second question. And this is really the need for financial and relational security, okay? This core fear for am I secure person is really about not having enough money or relational resources to protect themselves. So their Achilles heel would be financial instability. Now, what's interesting, Specifically financial? Specifically? Specifically financial. It's economic. And typically, these are folks who grew up in, in homes where money was tight. Perhaps the bill collector was calling. Uh, there was always a concern for fine about money and having enough in the home that you were growing up with. So you you really just weren't sure if if you were financially secure. And and one of the things, so I, I have a client who I work with. He flies in on his fifty million dollar jet to our our private airport over next to my home. His question is, "Am I secure?" He's worth about five hundred million dollars. Okay, <laughs> he's probably going to be okay. But this question drives his life. He works 70 hour weeks. Hmm. He is constantly working. And it's because fundamentally, he's not sure if he is financially secure. Now, it doesn't make any sense, right? To you and me. Does he understand that? Is that it doesn't make sense, but he, it's, he's still driven? He understands it now. And our work that we do together is helping him. What I really, the antidote to living in the primal question is living in what I write about in the book, the primal truth. Mm. It's where we take our question and turn it into a statement. So for him, he's no longer living from the question, being driven by the question, am I secure? He lives from the primal truth that, where he says, I am secure. I have enough. And that shift in the languaging and the shift in his approach helps him make better decisions for his life and the number of hours he works realizing that even though it feels like it rumbles and rattles inside of him a lot with his financial security, he can remind himself and lead himself back to the truth that he is secure. And that's the key for all of these. Like I have to tell myself I am safe. I have to live in my primal truth. I'm not in danger anymore. Yeah. I'm a six foot four, 200 pound man. I can protect myself. I'm not in danger. But we have to like remind ourselves of that and lead ourselves into healthier, truthful living. You know, it's in- interesting that you, you mentioned earlier, you know, that there may be some temptation to be embarrassed about, you know, being a, a man and wondering if you're safe. And the second you said that, I forgot to say it because you were in the middle of a really good point, but the second you said that, I thought, what could be more traditionally masculine being, than being very, very good at protecting people, 
right? At understanding what the dangers mm-hmm. are and being very, very equipped to make sure nobody here gets hurt. I, I mean, I, I immediately when you said that, I was like, why the hell would you be embarrassed about that? Like, you know, you're gonna if there's right. anybody that I want to, you know, get into a dangerous situation, it's probably you because you're sitting there thinking about it. That's the shift, right? That's the shift in our thinking around our apex emotional need. It's nothing to be embarrassed about. It's something to leverage and to realize that it's a real gift that we possess and we need to use it. It's like, I find that a lot of cops and police officers and therapists actually have, am I safe as their primal question? Yeah. And they're now using that for good. They're protecting people. What a beautiful gift that we bring. Well, you know, it's one of the things that was was so cool. The, we've known each other a long time, but not in a in a coaching relationship. So that's more recent. That's been the last mm-hmm. year. And when you presented this to me, I immediately thought he's presenting this like so many things, other things to help you understand how you need to change or what you need to watch out for. I was really taken aback when you said, uh, no, Don, uh, you are successful and that's what you need to know rather than, mm-hmm. hey, that's a dumbass question. Stop asking it. <laughs> this is what I thought. What I thought we yes. were going, and you're like, no, no, no. You are successful, and you need, and, and it's very important that you affirm that in your life, which is really cool to me. That's really relieving as we go through this list to say, well, no, the what you need to do is answer the question affirmingly, and that's what's going to be healing for you. Would you say that that that's going to be part of the healing process? Absolutely. And and for you, Don, one of the things that I love about your primal question, "Am I successful?" is you've dedicated your life and your business and every waking hour to use your the the things that you have learned through your primal question to make other people successful yeah like that that to me so like i have parents sometimes go how do i make sure that i don't imprint my child with a primal question and i go that's not the point you want your child to have a primal question because on the other side of that primal question is this incredible strength that your child's going to have. Your strength of making people successful is because you have a primal question of, am I successful? It's because your, your need of to win and contribute and to be competent and to achieve, your understanding of failure and success makes you an expert in helping others experience the same thing. So much of parenting and management and leadership overlap, right? You know, how can we actually, yes. how soon can we see these questions arise? Well, you nailed it on the parenting, you know, parent, good parenting is being strategic about all answering all seven questions with a yes versus parenting that only takes into consideration our primal question, which is typically how we parent. Yeah. Like I was always right. asking my kids, you know, are they safe? I want to make sure they're safe. I want to know like, who are you going to spend the night at? with you know whose parents house like all about protection meanwhile okay? they got a skateboard so, on the roof answer, and they're dropping in over your pool <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's like don't do that um so answering all seven questions is good parenting but typically you know the the question gets imprinted typically between uh years one and five oh. um and it doesn't mean that you're being a bad parent it doesn't mean that you know your kids necessarily experiencing any major trauma it's just something that is fundamentally confusing to a child or isn't clear to a child. And so they just, this question kind of just hangs on yeah. and it, it kind of sits there. And I think what I would encourage all parents to do, just as I would encourage all leaders or bosses to do, is to get in tune with the question that either your child is asking 
or your employee is asking or your spouse is asking in order to improve that relationship. Hmm. I love that. All right, we've got to keep going. Am I loved is the third yes. question. And how do you define loved and how does that you know differentiate between security and safety? Yeah, so big word has lots of different meanings, but I just boil it down to this in the book, the need to feel known, seen, and emotionally attached. And your core fear with this question is being dismissed or unheard, not listened to. And this person's Achilles heel is indifference. Wow. When somebody is indifferent to you and you have this primal question of my love, that is what sent, will send you into the scramble. My wife's question is, am I loved? And so our biggest conflict in our relationship is when I don't listen to her, when I dismiss her, when I'm trying to fix her or you know, bring all of my wisdom to something and I'm talking over her. This is her question. And so I got to make sure that I'm listening. And so that's a big one with the am I loved question is that you're listening, you're connecting, you're, there's a valuing this person. And by the way, these people are amazing with hospitality hmm. and amazing friends because they're so loving. They're so empathetic. They're just kind and compassionate people. And so it's, it's a really powerful question. Actually, a lot of clients that I work with have this question. For whatever reason, by the way, it tends to skew a little bit heavier in women versus men. But again, that's just the environments and some of the societal norms that may have been happening within yeah. that individual's family of origin. Yeah. Well, I, I think women tend to be more nurturing. At least that's the general perception mm-hmm. from me. They tend to be more nurturing, which would connect to this. Is the answer to, am I loved? Like if you have somebody in your life and you recognize that that's their question, it seems to me that you would try to demonstrate and actually achieve some sort of metaphorical or poetic sense of oneness. Is that right? Like listening, mm-hmm. you aren't alone. Yes. We are the, We are together. Would that be a, a healthy thing to sort of offer? That's a great way to say it. It's the connection. Physical touch is very important to these people. The oneness that you mentioned, absolutely. And that's why indifference is so debilitating because it, it feels like, yeah, I could take it or leave it. I could take you or leave it. Yeah. You're not very important to mm, me. Yeah. And that's just a dismissal of them, which really can be very problematic. Okay, friends, this interview is obviously too good to cut short or to edit short. And so what Bobby and I, our producer, has decided to do is we are going to actually turn this into two episodes. So next week, you're going to hear the rest of my conversation with Mike Foster about the seven primal questions. Really, you know, I've, I've said this a few times on the podcast, but gosh, this is just one of the better conversations we've ever had because it's so filled with hope. You know, if you have tension in a relationship, it might be because you're triggering that person. If you uh, want to be closer to somebody, you can figure out what their primal question is and begin to answer that in an, in an affirming way for them. This is really good stuff, and it's almost better than disk tests or Enneagram or any of that. In one sense, those things are amazing, robust tools, but in the one sense that it kind of cuts to the chase a lot faster. This person wants to know if they are loved. Not this person is wired as a nurturer. That's interesting, but this person wants to know if they are loved or secure or safe or successful, those kinds of things. Man, Mike has got something here. 
So we are going to continue this conversation next week. And then at the end of that episode, I'm going to give you a plan of action, which I have already written that plan of action. I think it's really, really good. I actually think it's a life-changing exercise. So make sure to pay attention and listen to the podcast next week to hear the rest of my conversation with Mike Foster about his book, The Seven Primal Questions. All right, everybody. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Business Made Simple podcast, where we help you optimize your small business for revenue and profit using our six-step plan. Create your six-step plan for growth at smallbusinessflightplan.com. See you next week.